Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. As always, I am joined by my three co-hosts, Bryant, First Prize Flores, Andres, the Cavalier King, and none other than Champagne Chauncey. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back. Welcome back. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday. And this weekend is no different. It's great to be back. Like I said, Happy New Year, Andres. Happy New Year to you. It's great to see your face. How are you doing tonight, Andres? Thank you, Pat. Uh, Happy New Year New Year to you. Happy New Year to the rest of the guys, Chance and Flores, and to all the listeners. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm, it's, I'm glad we've been gone for what two weeks, three weeks now. Um, it's been a while. Chance has been gone forever, so I'm glad that we're all back together. Uh, but it's good to see your faces. Uh, I'm excited to hear what we have to bring for this coming year. A uh, little shaky on games, but I think we got it covered for the week. Uh, maybe even national titles talk. Maybe I don't know, Flores. I don't know where your money's going to be at uh, this coming weekend, but I can't wait because I know you always got some spicy, probably the the best fight of the year to start off the year nominee coming up. Well, I just wanted to uh, kick it off. Uh, we'll keep it with you, Andres. So as promised, we are going to discuss our top favorite sports moments from 2021. So let's let's start with you. Let's hear it. So mine is, we talked about it earlier in the year. It was one of our stories, one of our headlines. Um, Flores, I don't know if you remember, Chance, I know you respect the game a lot, but it happens to be in the sport of bowling. uh, Respect the game? (laughs) Yeah, bro. You know how hard it is to, like, throw a ball down and, like, hit all the pins properly, all of them at the same time? Hey, you go tell it to Chris Paul, okay, that bowling and and Mookie Betts that bowling is not a sport because I doubt it. Anyway, I digress. I'm not, this is a new year, new me, Flores. I'm not gonna, you're not going to get me riled up already. Uh, it, his name is John Hinckley. Um, not the person who tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan, uh, but this is another John Hinckley who threw a perfect game, a 300 bowling game, with his father's ashes in the ball. Um, so he paid respects to his dad. It was something that him and his dad did. Uh, he threw a perfect game with his father's ashes in the ball. Incredible story. Uh, I know people probably are thinking it's you know a crazy story, but look, we don't we don't give love to bowling. Twenty twenty one is still a whack year, just like twenty twenty. So let's just keep it where you know they were allowing games to still happen. So bowling is up there uh, in a perfect game with John Hinckley, Pat. <laughs> I completely forgot that that was one of your heroes uh, throughout the year. But thanks for reminding us. Uh, John Hinckley bowling a perfect game with his father's ashes in the bowling ball. It probably was a sight to see Flores. Um, shoot it over to you. What is your favorite sports moment of 2021? Nah, you know what? Chance, why don't you go? Because I, I just, I, I want to make sure that this is like given some attention. And I don't know if this is going to be yours, Chance. So I'll let you go first. And if it ain't yours, 
then I'll highlight it. All right. Well, I mean, I know I'm, uh, you know, over the break, we had a little clips that were posted on Instagram. And for me, it was really my, uh, one of my favorite LA teams, my favorite LA college team, UCLA Bruins, making their unexpected run from the first four to the final four and then losing in that heartbreak, that heartbreaker, uh, in the fashion that they lost, right? The last second half court bank shot from Jalen Suggs. And then for Gonzaga to win in such, such dramatic fashion to only, to only go out there a few days later and they get waxed by Baylor. Um, so for me, that was, that was my, uh, favorite moment of 2021, even though UCLA and the Bruins took a loss. And I know Flores is a UCLA alum. Um, I was really happy for him because brought back the, the basketball program and the school to prominence. Mick Cronin is, you know, he's a guy who coached at Louisville. So I, I root for him and I just love the players that they have at UCLA and the university. So for me, that was my favorite 2021 sports moment of the year. Flores hope I didn't steal your thunder, but I'll, I'll pass it off to you so you can bring it home. All right, so that is crazy. I think you said that for me, and now I'm going to say this one for you, Chance. My favorite moment of last year was Tom motherfucking Brady <laughs> winning a Super Bowl with a new team in his first year. This just put, this was one of the most legendary thing in sports that we're ever going to see. This is Michael Jordan level. This is... Honestly, dude, this is like on some all-time sports moments, and we all witnessed it, and he did it against Patrick Mahomes, who everybody thinks is the next guy up, already might be the best quarterback of all time, quote-unquote, in a lot of people's minds. And Tom Brady still went out there as a massive underdog, and I bet on Patrick Mahomes, I was like, dude, I feel 100% sure that Patrick Mahomes is going to win this game. There is zero chance that Tom Brady is going to have this great movie script of a career and well it still hasn't ended which is the craziest part he might win the MVP this year on top of the Super Bowl last year but <laughs> to have won that Super Bowl in the dominating way it's probably the most dominant Super Bowl he's won first of all too on top of everything but shout out to Tom Brady for giving the whole sports world something to talk about early on in the year last year because that was amazing I also lost money in that Super Bowl. Um, for some reason, I thought that the Buccaneers were going to lose. I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to outshine Tom Brady. Um, but if the Bucks do go back to the Super Bowl this year, you know who's not going to be with them? <laughs> Antonio Brown's going to miss that flight because uh, he, <laughs> he took his own flight on Sunday. But um yeah, that uh, that Super Bowl was epic. I hope to see uh, Tom Brady not do it this year because I would like to see my Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year. But moving along, <laughs> I know, wish in one hand, shit in the other. I know, I know. So um, my sports moment of the year, it goes into the Olympics. Technically, the Olympics were supposed to be in 2020. They got pushed back into 2021. So for the sake of this conversation, it did happen in 2021. Uh, the whole world was shocked. The whole world was saddened by Simone Biles backing out of the Olympics, right? Everybody was, you know, what is she doing? She's not a team player, blah, blah, blah. People were being very critical of her. But 
she had her reasons. And as it came to fruition, as the story unfolded, her reasons, extremely valid. And I completely understand where she's coming from. Now, two two ladies, two USA athletes said, um, Suni Lee and Jade Carey. Suni Lee's story was extremely special because she ended up stepping up and winning the women's individual all-around gold medal for gymnastics, a medal that Simone Biles previously won. So she carried the torch, so to speak. And uh, Jade Carey, literally, Jade Carey from Phoenix, Arizona, she literally took Simone Biles' place, and she won the floor exercise, um, the gold medal. So that's what we love about the Olympics, right? Uh, we love to watch the Olympics and we love to fall in love with new athletes we had not heard of before and we like to root for them. And that's exactly what happened with Suni Lee and Jade Carey. So those were th- that was my, my moment. And um, I can't wait for the Winter Olympics to come around so we can get a glimpse of, of those athletes as well. Uh, and that pretty much wraps up our 2021 top sports moments, um, unless Chance, Floors, or Andres, unless any of you guys have any other comments to say about any other, um, I guess you can say, honorable mentions or any feedback. I, I, I do have an honorable mention, and that is my San Francisco Giants winning 107 games, one game more than the Los Angeles Dodgers, who won 106 they both unfortunately got eliminated in the playoffs pretty early, but the fact that they had that summer that they had and had us talking about both teams the whole summer, especially the second half of the summer, and actually the Giants stayed atop at number one was something pretty awesome for all of us to have because, again, it's not like the Dodgers folded. They still won 106 games. So shout out the Dodgers and shout out the Giants for giving us this summer of baseball. Uh, I do too, guys. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Florida. I mean, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Chance. Go ahead. No, I was going to say for me, I was going to say also the Bucks. Shout out the Bucks. I thought it was pretty cool that they won a chip. Um, you know, first chip in my in Milwaukee for the Bucks in 50 years, and to cap it off, Giannis dropped 50 in the final game, so that was pretty sick as well. Andres. Keller King just disappeared. Hey, but back to Giannis. No, the good, real, the good part is on Giannis to every. You love to see in the NBA when a new superstar wins a title because it just puts them on the map forever. And shout out to Giannis for that too. My bad. Go ahead, Andres. No, you're good, guys. Um, I, I, you know, only, the only thing I have to ask, or say again with regards to uh, is high school football. Uh, that that high school team team for of the deaf the deaf team in Southern California School of Deaf being uh, going to the championship game. It's never even gotten to the playoffs, let alone had a winning season. Um, so shout out to them as well as to St. Francis, my alumni, getting to, to, to the finals and losing. But still, uh, it's really cool to see high school sports uh, doing big things, modern day, uh, in the running too, and being the best school. A lot of like controversy, but nonetheless, I digress. Give it back to the kids who are deaf uh, and get into the championship game. Even though losing, I'm sure uh, Chance will definitely see a Disney movie coming out of this in the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, special thank you, special shout out to all of our interviews and um, guests that we had on the show in 2021. And uh, we just want to make sure that we keep that door open for anybody else that wants to be a guest on the show. Just let us know and uh, we can share your story with us. So that concludes our 2021 wrap. I'm sorry. Yes, our 2021 wrap up as well as our heroes and headlines. 
Patrick, do you know what tomorrow is, specifically January 6th? What? Dia de los Reyes. Yes, little baby Jesus will be great, will be greeted by the three wise men. And tomorrow is the start of golf, which I'm sure baby Jesus created uh, like he did everything else in this world. So uh, I'm going to Hawaii for my Dia, Dia de los Reyes because we got some three kings out there for the golf tournament. First tournament of the season, the Century Golf Tournament in Hawaii. Uh, so these guys are going to be living it up. Tea time, first tea time is 11.35 in the morning uh, Pacific time. So they're playing at 9.35 Hawaii time. Um, but I'm looking forward to it because this will be really good golf. It's going to be a very tough course. Um, Chance, I know you kind of like – you love Hawaii. You played in Hawaii. Um, this is going to be a great area to play. Do you have any specific players that you're looking for in this tournament? Uh, I know that the course is a long course. Um, it is – you have to have be precise. There's a lot of narrow plays. Um, and the greens will be nice and fast because it just rained in Hawaii two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, it rains there quite often, honestly. Um, you know, I think you got to look at the favorites. You know, you got to go with your guy Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeSham, Sean Shambo. Um, but you never know, man. That's the thing about golf. You never know who's going to come out of nowhere and, and just kind of surprise you. Um, but I would be surprised if Kepka. Shambo, or maybe even like my guy Phil Mickelson doesn't make a run. Um, I know Phil plays well anywhere south of like you know LA, San Diego, his hometown, and especially yeah. down in Hawaii. So I look for the household names to be making a run at the Century Tournament of Champions. Morris, I'm going to give you a household name that will be a household name. He's he's right now he's out in the streets, but he's going to be making a name real nicely and real quickly. And you're going to love this name because his last name is Gooch, okay? G-O-O-C-H, Gooch, Taylor Gooch. This kid, look out for him, guys. He's a youngster. Um, he's in the top 15 for around the green, so that's how many shots to get on there, and strokes gained. So he's always playing one up in front of everybody. Um, I like his odds. He's 35-1 to one to win it all. But I, my bold prediction, if you guys accept this, is that I believe he will finish in the top five comes, when it's all said and done come Sunday night. Gooch. Gooch. Taylor Gooch. G-O-O-C. House of Gooch. Shout out Braun Entertainment for House of Gucci. That shit was horrible, by the way. Lady Gaga totally overrated. But <laughs> shout out the homie Gooch, though. Gooch the golfer finishes in top Gooch five. Top five. That's my bull prediction to start the year. Uh, and bull predictions. I know Chance is probably thinking Lefty's going to win it all. But I, I like the thirty-five to one odds. All right, let's uh, let's make this quick because we're at three minutes for this golf tournament talk. Is Gooch <laughs> getting top five bold enough for you, Flores? Thirty-five to one odds no, to win? No, but just to be in the top five, he's got to be in the top five. But that's the odds he has to win. You're saying top five? I'll, I'll right, 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 right. Yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Champagne, Chauncey. So uh, yeah, I'll take it. All Don't right. All right, Andres, you're always trying to pull a fast one on us. Um, I wouldn't doubt it if this was one of your fast ones that you're trying to pull on us. But um, with the first mention of bold predictions, each bold prediction is worth seven points. Uh, the first to 21 collects beer from the losers. We are carrying the scoreboard from last year into this year. Flores is at 14. I am at 14. No, no, we're, no, no, I, no I, I won. won. 
We're starting fresh now. This is the first one. Yeah. Like a clean slate. Who did you, how did you win? Flores won the last one. He won um, like shit, I'm trying to remember what the... What the Lions the win? Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what it was. Good call. <laughs> Damn, and I was at 14-2. Fuck. Okay, so everybody's at zero. So good luck. Um, make sure that you start thinking about some bold predictions, Chance and Flores, um, as well as myself. So good luck to you, Andres. Now, that starts off Thursday, golf all day, early afternoon. Let's shoot it over to the hardwood. The Los Angeles Clippers, sitting at 500 tonight, are going into Phoenix, taking on the Suns, defending Western Conference champions, who are 29-8. and eight. Flores. Are the Suns going to win this game by like 10 or more points? Because I don't see how it going any other way. Is that your bold prediction, Pat? That is my question. What, that the Suns win by 10 or more? <laughs> I would not say that is bold enough. I actually don't even know the lines for this. Jimmy will effort on that. But, I mean, dude, the Clippers right now, they're they're kind of reeling. You know, Paul George is out. I think he's out for like a month. Um and without Paul George, and obviously already without Kawhi, it's just it's a little difficult for them to do anything, especially offensively. Um, they, you know, they just got blown out, I think, by the Wolves. But the Suns, on the other hand, it just completely making me look like a fool. Them and Steph Curry are both making me look like a fool because I thought Steph Curry's career was over, and I thought the Suns wouldn't do shit this year. And they're both the number one and two teams in the NBA. So. Yeah, I, I fully expect the Suns to win, and I would say they also might win by double digits for sure. Chance, what do you think? So correct on that real quick, uh, Flores. Jimmy with the stats came in. It is minus 12 Phoenix Suns, minus 12 as of right now. Mm, damn. Chance, you, you, you buying that? You, you give it up to 12? You think they'll win by 13 or more? I do. I really do. Um, Luke Kennard's out as well. He's, he's a good guy who spreads the floor for them. Um, so is Nicholas Batum. So you got a defender out. You got a key three-point contributor out. And Paul George is out. Um, yeah, I see them probably losing about 15 or more, frankly. Ooh, I would love it. I would love to see that happen because as a Lakers fan, if my ship is sinking, then God damn it, I want the Clippers ship to sink as well. Um, so that concludes Thursday's entertainment, golf and Clippers Suns basketball. Moving along to Friday, let's kick it over to you, Chance. 4.30 p.m., the Bucks, who are 25 and 14, heading into Brooklyn, taking on the Nets, who are 23 and 12. And the Nets will be without Kyrie Irving as this game will be played in the state of New York. But Kyrie Irving did make his um, season debut tonight, Chance. So with that being said, do you see the Bucks winning um, this road game, I guess you can say, since this whole new little story developed with Kyrie, do you think that's a distraction for the Nets, or is it just going to be forgotten about for tomorrow? No, it's going to be forgotten about. We'll see. You know, this is the first uh, game of their little experiment that they're trying, where he plays on the road. Um, you know, and you know, James Harden and KD hold it down at home. But the thing is, the the Bucks have a lot of people out for this game. Uh, Giannis is out. Vincenzo's out, Pat Connaughton's out, Grayson Allen's out, George Hill's out. So I actually see the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know what the line is. Jimmy will come through with that shortly. But 
I actually see the Brooklyn Nets winning this game pretty easily. I mean, when you say that all those stars are out, it automatically leads me to believe that the Nets will take this game. But Flores, do you see any way the um, Bucks can keep it close and win, or should we just uh, move on to the next game on Friday? Um, I think we should move on to the next game just but, because of the fact that, first of all, the Nets, I think, are going to do their thing in this one, and there's so many injuries, like Chance just said, on the other side. But most importantly, all these teams are chasing the number one team in the East that plays at 5 p.m. that day. The Bulls are at home. The Wizards are visiting them. So just wanted to throw that one in, too. Okay, we'll get to the next game. But uh, Sean's Vegas called Jimmy. He says, look, guys, the line hasn't been out yet because there's games being processed today and tomorrow that both teams will be playing in. So uh, Friday's game uh, will not – there's no line until Friday day. So – be on the lookout for it. I believe it's going to be high digits, uh, probably maybe eight or more, maybe nine or more Brooklyn. But I'm going to take the Nets. I think I'm agreed with all you guys. But Chan's probably going to lay that house money for sure. Nets all the way. So moving along to the West Coast, over here in Los Angeles, in Tinseltown, the Hawks from the ATL, 7 o'clock, are facing off against my Lakers, who are on a three-game winning streak. Shout out to the Purple and Gold. Um, to be honest, the Hawks have a under 500 record. So I don't want to say that this is a good game for them to use as a measuring stick because the three games they played, Chance, the three-game win- the three game winning streak the Lakers have been on, they're against pretty crappy teams. So I was looking forward to this Friday night game so we can see just how good the Lakers are. Did they turn their season around? Um, let's ask you, and then you can – Pass it over to Flores. Using the eyeball test, Chance, did the Lakers turn their season around? What do you think? Uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Russ had his first game in six years uh, yesterday where he didn't turn the ball over. <laughs> uh, so that, that was pretty remarkable. We'll see if he can keep that up. I mean, LeBron's definitely activated. They traded Rondo. He got traded to Cleveland because Ricky Rubio tore his ACL. Cleveland, by the way, uh, all these Midwestern teams – have a win, they have a winning record in their sixth, they're the sixth seed right now in the East, which is crazy to think about. But I do, like you said, Patrick, I think the, the Lakers are waking up. You said that someone on TV referred to them as the Wakers. <laughs> um, so I actually see them winning this game, especially because Trey Young, he's a little bit of a ball hog. He dropped six and 14 the other night, but they lost by double digits, I believe. So I feel like he's going to have one of those games where he goes off for like 40-something but the Hawks lose by like 17. So I see the Lakers winning this game, pushing their streak to four wins. Flores. Let's say you, Flores. Four, four sad, sad wins. Let me just point these teams out. The Sacramento Kings, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Portland Trailblazers with no Dame, and they also beat the Houston Rockets uh, not too long ago, and they lost to the Grizzlies in between that. So they're 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 four and one in their last five for the Lakers, but they are not awake. They've just been playing shitty fucking teams. <laughs> they are they are not going to wake up until Anthony Davis is back in that lineup 
and they have everybody playing good. They have Malik Monk right now on an absolute tear. That guy might be the steal of all the acquisitions that they had this offseason, totally replacing KCP, in my opinion, in that three-point shooting department in the playoffs. So I don't get me wrong. The Lakers will wake up, but they are not awake yet. They, they are dreaming through these three games that they've won. But I do expect them to beat Atlanta as well. So it's still winter, and you're saying the Lakers are still hibernating. I get it. I get it. Um, but nonetheless, let's see what happens. Let's see if they can shut down Trey Young and get some momentum going here in the Western Conference standings. Andres, I'm looking at you. So that concludes the Friday's entertainment. It's all on ESPN, by the way. Bucks and Nets, Hawks and Lakers. Now let's shoot it over to football. Saturday, it is the season finale of the year. So all these games matter. Well, most of these games matter. And one that matters greatly for the Kansas City Chiefs, who sit at 11-5, and five, they're heading into the Bron- to Denver to play the Broncos, who have been mathematically eliminated. However, they want to end their season on a good note, and they want to do whatever they can to hurt the Chiefs from moving up in the rankings. The game's at 1.30, and um, the line on dress is... Chiefs minus 10. What do you think about that? Um, you know, that seems like a correct line. Um, I'm thinking how many points the Chiefs are going to put up. This is a tune-up game for them to get them ready for the playoffs the following weekend at home. So I'm, I'm really curious to know, can Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey uh, and all of the great uh, supporting cast that they have, can they get on board uh, and get it really – Greased up right into the playoffs, or uh, the Broncos. I don't know, man. Look, R.I.P. Dan Reeves, and I know he was a Broncos former coach. Maybe play their hearts out. The ten might be a little too much, but I don't know. We can't. I don't know who's going to be out for COVID. They always do the random things. I don't know what's going on in the end anymore. So on paper, yes, the Chiefs should be kicking their ass. Sean's floors. I think it's going to be a blowout. Personally, I think. They're going to fine-tune, but something tells me, I don't know, week week 18, we've never been here before. Maybe the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater is he even playing. Is that even the quarterback for this weekend? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't so. I will say this, though. Again, Kansas City is playing for something. They are playing for the number one seed in the AFC. The only way they can do that is by winning. You know, if, if Tennessee loses or ties and Kansas City also loses – they're fucked. They have to win this game to get to that number one seed. So there is still some pressure on Kansas City. Why? Because only the number one seeds this year get the bye week for the wild card round of the playoffs, not the top two seeds anymore. Mm-hmm. So it is a really important game for Kansas City. I just I don't know if they're going to cover, though. I know they're going to win, but, man, these these – Divisional games are tough as hell, and I know the Broncos, like Andres said, are going to play their hearts out. I I mean, the Chiefs have to win, right? I mean, I don't see uh, – you never know, though. I mean, the Broncos, they, they want to end the season by just screwing over whatever momentum the Chiefs have going into the playoffs. So let's shoot it over to you, Chance. 5.15 p.m. Same day, Saturday, the Cowboys, who are sitting at 11-5, and five, heading into Philadelphia, taking on Jalen Hurts 
and the Eagles, who are sitting at 9-7. and seven. Now, there were whispers that Jalen Hurts might not play on Sunday just to get him ready for the playoffs. I don't know how much that makes sense, but Chance, do you think the Cowboys lose on Saturday? I think it's going to be a tough game, and I think they could potentially lose. I'm actually going to go out on a limb and say they do lose just because Dak has not been playing well. Um, you know, this it's, it's pretty clear now that, like, he, in order for him to, like, play as well as he can he needs the run game to be going and the Cowboys run game has kind of been non-existent last month and a half two months so um you know Philadelphia is playing with a lot of swagger right now they feel like they have nothing to lose everything to gain and I know they would love to you know mess up the seating for the NFC and ruin the Cowboys last game of the year and I actually see them because their run game is so dominant I actually see them winning this game on Saturday night Chance, um, you talked about the run game for the Cowboys. Um, I'm thinking, I was watching the game on Sunday against the Cardinals, and it should be more the run game and decision-making done by Prescott. There was a couple times where he could have just easily got the touchdown, he could have easily got the first down if he puts his head down and starts running. I don't think mentally he's ready to, to use that part of the game anymore because of his injury. Um, I agree with you. I think Philadelphia does win. It is a nasty environment to be playing in that game, in the cold, uh, typical old-fashioned NFC East uh, rivalry game to end the season. Pat, I'm sure you're going to be nice and toasty by the fire and not, and hopefully praying that your you know, Cowboys win. But I'm going to go on a limp, Chance. I'm going to go with you. I agree with you. I think the, the Eagles, the Beagles of Philly, uh, we'll win this game, and I was just watching Silver Linings Playbook the other day and watching the great De Niro, and uh, he was <laughs> giving me some knowledge about the Eagles. So I'm going to go with them. Um, fun fact, Flores, you don't want to get into a fight in Philadelphia, especially at that stadium. Why? Because there's a jail underneath the stadium, so they don't fuck around over there. Um, you already got a fucking judge waiting for you guys. And I have a bold prediction since everybody is um, not confident in Dak Prescott. I'll just say that, right? Everyone's been on his ass, of course. Minus the Washington football team game. His stats have been horrific over the last month. Okay, I get it. So my bold prediction is Dak throws or rushes combined four touchdowns and 400 yards on the air, through the air, on the ground, all that. 404 TDs, everything. For passing, for rushing, what are you doing? Combo both? I literally just fucking said a combination. No, I love it. I love okay. it. I love it. Jesus I, I agree with you. I, I'll, I'll, let it, I'll let it slide. I'll let it go for this weekend. I know you're shitting in your pants this weekend, so I think it is a very bold prediction that he does 400 yards in the middle of dead winter in Philadelphia. fucking Delphi. It ain't going to happen. Exactly. Before, agree with that? Yeah, I, I also agree that Dak is extremely overrated. I was calling that guy MVP earlier this season. <laughs> that guy's that guy's guy nothing more than Derek Carr with a beard, dude. Oh, no way. You also said Steph Curry's overrated, and look at him now. <laughs> Chance, is that bold enough for you? Absolutely, 1,000%. I love it. I love it. I can see your picture, but I can hear your voice. It's funny just to hear your voice come in through your photo. Um, now, Sunday, this is the 49ers taking on the Rams here in SoFi in Los Angeles. We have two Niners fans on the panel, um, and we have zero 
Rams fans on the panel. So let's start with you, Flores. What do you think the Niners have to do to get the victory? Or is history on their side because they always seem to beat the Rams lately? So let me start that by rewinding a little bit. And I hope the fucking Eagles lose because if they do and the 49ers beat the Rams, which I fully expect them to do, just because of the fact that they always dominate the Rams. And as much as the Rams are playing for something, they also kind of aren't. You know what I mean? And we know that Sean McVay loves sitting his people. And I think if he gets down second half, he'll just completely throw in the towel and say, fuck it. But I think the 49ers are definitely going to handle this weekend because if they don't, they have a chance to miss the playoffs. And my God, is that team going to be dangerous if they actually just get in? I just need them to get in. They will beat the Rams, and hopefully somehow this whole thing works out to where the 49ers play the Rams again in the first round of the playoffs so that I can go to that game here in L.A. because that's pretty cool. The Cavalier King, chime in. Do you think the Rams win? No. No, um, I'd like to think not. Um, I'm with, I'm riding the riding with my team, man. I got to jump on the wagon. I haven't fallen off out of it. I don't know who's going to be the starter. I'd like to still think that we believe in Trey Lance and let it be the future because I don't, I hate Jimmy G. But um, that's the only way I think we win this game. I know he was a little shaky, but he made some nice, beautiful passes. Flores, I'm sure you saw that bomb. Uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance is about to call him Kaepernick this shit and take this team to the Super Bowl, dude. I'd love, I'd love it. I would love nothing more. From your lips to God's oh ears, I think it's going to happen. Um, but uh, look, I think right now they're, they're the hottest teams. If they can get in and win this game, man, watch out. But I think we own the Rams. It's gonna be. I think it's going to be a sacrificial lamb coming up uh, at SoFi. And the Niners will be picking out gold nuggets uh, for the W at the end of the day. So... Flores is on on a good one tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'd have to agree with the fellas. I think that the the wild card of Trey Lance coming in, not having really played against him, uh, the Rams tend to struggle with uh, running quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson ate him up last year when he played him here um, at home, or not last year, but his MVP year uh, a few years ago when he played him at home late in the season. And then also, uh, you know, I can't believe no one mentioned this, especially our two Niner fans. Uh, Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay. I mean, let's just call it like it is. He owns him in in the coaching uh, in the coaching realm. So I actually see the, the Niners decisively winning this game. And then also, Matt Stafford is he's you know being Matt Stafford. He's had four <laughs> pick sixes this year, which is crazy to think about. So he's kind of regressing. You know, going back to form, I think the pressure of having to play meaningful games this late in the season is kind of getting to him. The pressure of being on a big stage like L.A. is getting to him. So uh, I see the Niners winning this game. Well, well I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, I personally think the Rams' experience on the defensive side of the ball wins them the game, especially if they start. Trey Lance because he's not used to this. Um, he can't even revert back to college memories of these kinds of high state games. So we will have to wait and see. I'm definitely extremely interested 
in that game. If it was me, though, I would go all in and uh, start Trey Lance just to see what you're working with as a 49ers future. Um, but Flores, I would love to see Trey Lance take him all the way to the Super Bowl. That would be one hell of a story, and that would definitely be your favorite 2022 moment for next year's show. Um, now, the 520 game, Chargers at Raiders. Both teams are 9-7. and seven. Literally only one team from this game can make the playoffs. Who do you got winning this one, Andres? Do you have the Chargers or the Raiders? Whoever loses go home, uh, goes home. A winner has a game next week. Now, look, man, um, if it wasn't for the for the great loss of John Madden, RIP, and the, and the creation of the Turk Dudkin, I think it'd be uh, we'd be talking something different. But I'm going with just get it done, baby. Just win. Just win, baby. And take it away to Vegas. The Raiders will win this game. The Chargers are going to choke like they always do. Um, look, you have a hell of a story, right? Um, Carr's been taking this team over, especially with all the – the bad media and the bad press with all Henry Huggs, Henry Ruggs, excuse me, as well as um, the new kid that just recently got a DUI. Um, so, and the new coach, right? This coach has gone through the turmoil. They, they fired their coach, John Gruden. So what a hell of a story if they're able to do it. First season in Vegas, I think when Madden passing, I think for sure this is going to be a good omen for them. I think they're going to play with heavy hearts and I don't see them. Uh, I have a funny feeling. It's just one of those, one of those games where it's it's too good to be true, and I, I don't see it going any other way. I know not taking anything away from Herbert and the Chargers, but they just they don't have a defense, and I think the better defense is going to win this game. I think that goes to the, the Raiders. Flores, uh, nice mention with the uh, John Madden passing. Uh, rest in peace to, to the legend of John Madden. But uh, Flores, do you think the Raiders pull this one out, or does, does Justin Herbert pick them apart on a very emotional night? perfect time for a bold prediction and my bold prediction is that the Raiders and the Chargers will tie in this game <laughs> is that bold enough yes I'll oh, take yeah. it hey I have a question um, are, will you be putting any money on that bold prediction because I'm sure this would be a nice payout if that hits you know what something to think about John I'm assuming that's bold enough for you correct Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, who do you think is going to win this game? I mean, I, Andres kind of like hijacked this game with the John Madden thing. I feel like we all have to go for the Raiders now because of John Madden. I mean, that, it's his spirit's going to literally be in the air. What do you think? Yeah, I, I actually think the Raiders are going to win this game too. It's in Vegas. They have, they obviously have something to play for. They're playing with heavy hearts. They're trying to prove everyone wrong. And I need them to win for my bold prediction, which is with them winning, the Colts losing, and the Ravens winning, I have the Ravens making the playoffs, hitting that 1% chance <laughs> making the playoffs with the, the uncertainty that is the first year of having week 18 in the NFL. Is that bold enough for you, gentlemen? That is bold enough for me. I have a question for you, uh, Chance. Will you plan on putting a little something on that? Because that seems to be some very nice odds in the real world for nah, a money I'm, not, I'm, I'm putting my faith and that's about it, man. <laughs> okay, so Raiders win, Colts lose, and Ravens win. Yep, because that's, that's pretty much what has to happen in order for the Ravens to make the playoffs. One of the dominoes has already fallen. 
which is Cleveland losing one of their last two games, which they've already done. Okay. So okay. the biggest domino that has to fall is the Colts losing to the Jags. Hey, I, I take it. I accept that. Flores, do you accept that? I'll accept it. All right. And we all, we literally have like less than two minutes left. So let's quickly get Monday night. So we have an extra day. Monday night, college football championship, a rematch of the SEC title game. The Georgia Bulldogs taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Flores, who do you have winning? And by the way, it's in Lucas Oil Stadium. It's in Indianapolis, Indiana. So both fan bases have the same amount of chance to get to this game. Who do you have winning, Flores? God damn, this is a hard one, dude. I'm just going to you know, give a quick answer. Alabama, because they got the quarterback and they got the coach. I can't believe they're underdogs. Chance. Uh, I'm going with Georgia. I think Georgia has something to prove. Uh, I think they actually played the tougher opponent in the semifinal. They got a, they played a guy who's going top five overall and, and Hutchinson on the D-line. And I think they want to um, prove something to the, to the world and to Alabama. Cavalier King. Hutchinson ain't shit. Michigan ain't shit. Harbaugh turned out to be the same old Harbaugh like we always know of him. Uh, I'm going to go with Bama. This is a toss-up for me. I originally said, stated Georgia in the year, but knowing that Georgia lost to the SEC game um, and, uh, you know, fucking the head coach for Alabama, Nick Saban, he's, he's like Belichick Brady. You don't bet against him in the finals, and he's got a hell of a record against his assistants, Pat. So I'm going to go with that trend. Until Nick Saban retires, it's Bama, baby. Roll Tide. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, and I will be on Chance's side. I'm actually going to take Georgia because I want to see somebody dethrone Saban to be the champ. You got to beat the champ. And that game is Monday night, 5 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And that concludes the weekend sports entertainment. The weekend starts on Wednesday, this weekend, with Century Golf Tournament. And it ends Monday, Georgia, Alabama. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. The scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They could cost you a bet, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or they can make the headlines for all the wrong reasons and piss you off completely. My scumbags of the night, I have three of them tonight, are um, make they, they cost me a victory in fantasy football, and they cost me first place in fantasy football. I was in a, a title game, Chance, and this is the, the league that we're in um, for my work. And um, just to give you guys backstory, we needed one more person to play. Chance, a couple years ago, had never played fantasy sports, and I talked him into it. I kind of planted the seed, and it was like a three-week process for him to be like, all right, fine, I'll play it. And turns out Chance loves it. So um, this league that we're in, Chance, I have A.J. Brown, I have T. Higgins, and I have George Kittle. Um, This past week, I lost by 16 points. I almost won the championship, and A.J. Brown put up six points. T. Higgins put up nine points, and George Kittle only put up four points. Now, if George Kittle has 
a game that he usually has. And if A.J. Brown has a, an average game or that he usually has, if T. Higgins gets a couple more catches, then you're looking at the champion in our league. And that's why they're my scumbags. I mean, I don't know what was going on. I wasn't watching the, the Niners game. So maybe when you Niners fans can tell me why George Kittle only had four points. But nonetheless... I did win my family league, and here's a shameless plug, um, the league that I'm in with all my cousins. I ended up winning that league, and um, I had Christian McCaffrey, who went down midseason. I had Chris Godwin, who went down midseason, and I still managed to win that championship. So I'm not saying that I'm the best GM at fantasy football, but I am saying I did overcome some crazy challenges to win that trophy, and it's actually um, a real trophy that I'm going to get for my apartment. So now I want to pass it over to you, Chance, for your, for your comments on your fantasy football season, as well as your scumbag of the night. Yeah, I played in four leagues, probably overextending myself, but I made the playoffs in uh, three of the four, um, placed third in one, fifth in another, and fourth in another. So um, all in all, considering how many leagues I was in, uh, how confusing <laughs> it can be keep, keep up with so many different leagues. I'm I'm happy. I just fantasy itself should be the scumbag of the night, dude, because it's just such a crapshoot. <laughs> like you draft all the right players, dudes get hurt, dudes get you know are are not included in certain schemes week to week. You know, um, the guy who actually won the league that I finished third in was had a losing record up until the last three weeks of the regular season. So I mean, that's just you know, it's just it's a crapshoot, but it is what it is. Um, my scumbag of the night it's super light but just feel like i have to call this dude out he is going to be soon uh the formerly known as the coach of the chicago bears and that is none other than matt Nagy. and the reason he's my scumbag is because this dude is just i don't know man like i think uh of of the the four of us on the on the podcast myself and in flores would probably be the most into fashion and this guy i just don't understand it you coach in chicago and first of all, let me just let me just go back. I am not a fan of visors. I've never been a fan of sunglasses. <laughs> I don't understand them. Like I understand it's like part of the head football coach's uniform if you're white and you're over 45 years old. But I just I've never been a, a visor guy. I'm more of a Kyle Shanahan guy. Like you know, have your own custom made you know snapback or fitted hat for your team. That being said. <laughs> Can someone please explain to me why Matt Nagy is wearing a sun visor in Chicago at nighttime when it's literally 20 degrees outside? Like, he's got a ball head. Like, Pat, I, I need you to, like, when we promote the show this week on Instagram, please include a picture of him standing outside nighttime when it's cold outside because I don't understand why he's wearing a sun visor. It, abs it absolutely serves no fucking purpose. So Matt Nagy... Outside of getting fired, I don't mean to, you know, pile on you because Black Monday's coming, brother, and you're not going to survive the cut. You're definitely going to get fired because we all know Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next coach of the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. But please, oh, Matt Nagy, you are my scumbag of the night. <laughs> Stop wearing visors when it's cold outside. You know, it's probably maybe he was protecting his, protecting his face from the 
you know, potential snow that they could possibly get, or maybe the bright lights from the stadium. I don't know. Maybe shoulder shoulder field has. Yeah, he it. definitely he definitely can't handle the bright lights. You're right on. Yeah, you're right on that, Andre. <laughs> for sure. I think I think more than anything, it's just habit. It's just like, dude, you're you look like a like literally. He's got a bald head. It's cold as fuck outside. He's wearing a visor. It makes no sense. Just put a beanie on. Exactly. I know. I I I didn't realize that all that happened. And yes, I do agree with you. I think John Harbaugh will be. The next or Jim is it? Wait, who the fuck is it? Jim? Jim. Okay, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next coach of the Bears. I think. I'm with you on that one. Um, now let's move on to let's hear it from Andres, double-edged okay. sword, as he described so, it. So I'll go with the double-edged sword in a, in a quick minute, but I, I had to bring this up because till this day it still bugs me, and Flores actually witnesses. Um, for you guys, I, mean, I know the panel knows that, uh, but the listeners don't know. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I, Flores and I met each other at Santa Anita, and it was opening day. Um, so that was really fun. Hadn't been there in, in a while, and just to see with a ton of people packed in the, in the grandstands was nice. But it was Bob Baffert Day, and for those who don't know, he's the greatest uh, horse jo- or horse trainer in the world in the game. And it was a Bob Baffert Day. He had, I don't know, however many horses. I think he had like eight horses. Not, long story short, there's a race specifically where I decided I like this horse. It's a Bob Baffert horse, and his odds were 8-1. to one. Give me a horse, Bob Baffer horse, at 8-1. to one. I'll take it all day. That's money in the bank. Uh, I told Flores, hey, we're going to do this. He says, I'm going to follow. Perfect. I go take a piss. I miss pretty much the whole race until the end of the race, right, the coming down the stretch. Um, and he wins. Number three horse wins. Calypso wins. And I'm going apeshit. And I'm living it up. I'm saying, yeah, it's Uncle Bobby. And, like, this guy from around – so wherever the fuck, like, says, hey, calm down, calm down. And I'm like, no, don't tell me to calm down. I fuck, I'm a winner. And Flores is like, dude, did he really tell you to calm down? I was like, yeah, because he's fucking a hater. He fucking probably lost. I was like, pick some fucking winners. I hate that shit. Don't fucking, like, you don't know. Like, why? You, don't ever tell anybody at the racetrack to calm down unless unless they're about to beat somebody's ass. But for a win, like, the, that's the whole point. So he took away my my happiness, Pat. I, I, I Till this day, it still boils me. And, like, the fact that I, I, you know, said, hey, why don't you go pick some fucking winners? And Flores was there, so that was cool to see. But, yeah, that really pissed the shit out of me. I do have to I do have to say, Andres was being completely obnoxious and was the only person anywhere around us that was screaming and was going, woo, let's go, Baffert, woo! So, I, in that guy's defense, I will say that. But in Andres' defense, I was also feeling like Andres at that moment. <laughs> so uh, but my, my double-edged sword, though, uh, was this week with the, again, the Las Vegas Raiders. I has to deal with the cornerback and the rookie, Nate, Nate Hobbs, uh, busted for your DUI. Um, but apparently, I read the story, he's going to be playing after the season. I don't understand it, guys. We talked about... Uh, what happened to Henry Ruggs earlier in the year he, where he killed somebody. Last year, Josh Jacobs got into a DUI in Vegas. What's going on in Vegas that these guys can't – they believe that they're so powerful to get away with this. And also, as a rookie, you just had a fellow rookie kill somebody in the locker room, like in the sense of he was in your locker room and he killed somebody outside affecting his life. Like you had to go out and still do this and let alone be busted for it um, is – 
just asinine to me, and I don't understand it. So he's my scumbag. But apparently, according to the records, that in this uh, condition, it wasn't a stereotypical DUI charge. So it's a lesson, like it's a uh, a lesson, um, I guess, violation. But the late the Las Vegas Raiders are allowing him, and he's expected to play on Sunday. So uh, the Raiders scumbags were still allowing him to play after being in trouble and after knowing the the serious conditions that occurred within the year and and in the organization, or is just Henry Ruggs, or is just Vegas in general? Just win, baby. I, I think just this, win. This was the one where the dude was asleep. I think in the like in the parking garage. Uh, off, off the freeway, actually, off the freeway. Oh, that's what it was on the off ramp. He was yeah, just parked asleep. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude! What is wrong with these guys? Hey. <laughs> like, it, like I mean, but who's? But how would you, as an organization, allow him to still play on Sunday? I get it. You need all your players because it's a potential playoff game. You know, changing uh, game week eighteen, and you can still make it, but. Come on, man! Like you couldn't at least bench him for a half or the or the whole game as a lesson. Like, where's the integrity? You know what I mean? Like to me, it's kind of ridiculous. I they don't should. Know. They should. Had three players. Three players with DUIs within one year. For Vegas and like for Vegas in particular, they should have like an open tab with with Uber or Lyft, and it just comes out of their checks. These players, you know, like well, yeah, and that you, you bring up a good point, Pat. Uh, a lot of these organizations. I mean, it might be harder in the NFL than the NBA, but like. A lot of these organizations have that. They have like a guy or someone you can call when like you're in a time of need like that. It's probably again, it's probably hard to do on a like on an NFL roster when you got like sixty dudes on the team. But like I know in the NBA, they definitely have dudes who are people who you can call if you like can't drive if you're drunk. Or like you said, bro, it's a fucking Uber. You fucking make. I don't care if he only if he's on the rookie pay scale, he's still making four hundred grand, bro. Get a fucking private Uber and take your ass home. I would have a call. I would have a call service where you call, and I would name it Tyrone, so you can call on Tyrone. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out Erica Badu. <laughs> um, I would try to sing the song, but I can't sing, so you're just gonna have to get the joke just like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous, and I hope that we just come across less and less uh, DUI cases to talk about in the scumbag of the night segment because. It's getting old fast, and like Chant said, if they make all this money, I mean, even if you make $400,000, you can afford the most basic level of um, Uber. Now, um, Flores, you said you had a heavy... Oh, and hold on, though. Andres, did you sneak into the rich seats to watch the end? Were you screaming and yelling in a part of the racetrack where people paid good money to have peace and quiet? Absolutely. Well, that's why he told you to calm down. He knew you weren't supposed to be there. And I think I just want to know one thing, though. I want to know one thing because I've been in the racetrack and you have like 40 minutes between races to go take a piss and get your next beer. Hey, hey, Pat, Pat, these motherfuckers, Andres and his brother, love waiting till there's 30 seconds until the race to go place their bets. And they just stand there in front of the fucking place where you put your bets in for 10 minutes staring at the line until there's a minute left and then they go put in their bets. Jesus. That's why that's what happened. Yeah, you you burned yourself playing with fire, but whatever. I 
I would have loved to see that guy tell you to shut up and you tell him, well, you pick a winner. The worst part was that I had no idea what I had bet on for that race because Andres just disappeared after putting the bet in. And so the whole time I'm watching the race and I'm like kind of excited. I'm watching Andres' brother win, but I'm like, I don't know if Andres brother put the same bet that I put in and then you just hear somebody screaming from way in the in, in the distance and I'm like who the fuck is this asshole screaming and it turns out to be Andres coming up to us saying that we won and it was hilarious <laughs> so who's your scumbag of the night Floyd alright so mine is definitely not as serious as um, as a Raider player but still in a way it's, it's a little bit of a you know what, this guy isn't the scumbag. He's more like the asshole. Um, Novak Djokovic, mm. again, again. And here's the thing. I don't care right, left, whether you're an anti-vaxxer, whether you are all about the vaccine, what your beliefs are in COVID. That is not what I am discussing here. I am not getting at you know, Novak for not wanting to take the the vaccine, whatever. I am not talking about that. What I am talking about is his pompous fucking attitude, thinking that he's above the law, that he can just give some sort of whatever medical exemption to the Australian government, and they'll just allow him to walk in and play unlike everybody else that had to actually follow the rules. If you don't want to take the vaccine, by all means, but just know you're going to be excluded from certain things and those companies, those sporting events, whatever it may be, are 100% in their right to do that if you choose not to you know, follow what they're mandating. And unfortunately, Novak Djokovic is now not, I believe, going to play in the Australian Open and defend his title because they turned him away and are not allowing him to go into the country because he thinks he's special Mm. and can just walk into the country without having the proper documentation and the proper paperwork and the proper medical exemptions. Big middle finger to you, Novak Djokovic, because this isn't the first time you are my scumbag for situations like this where you think you're special and above the law. And um, he was also, like, last year or the year before, wasn't he one of the first ones to throw a party when COVID hit? Yeah, he had a tournament, and everybody in there got sick is what it was. Well, it sounds like he needs to call up Antonio Brown's um, guy to get a fake vaccination card and uh, try to make this tournament. (laughs) Hey, and and on that, Antonio Brown, before we log off, let's not talk any bad shit about Antonio Brown. Go read what actually happened. He's one hundred percent in the right. Fuck you, Bruce Arians. I know. I saw I saw his statement. His statement was I don't know if uh Chance and um Andres, I don't know if you guys heard his uh, or read his statement, but basically um his ankle was shattered. Um the drugs that the team gave him were like kind of wearing off. He couldn't perform, he couldn't play at you know the NFL level. And Bruce Arians was yelling at him to to go into the game, and he's like, "I can't do it." And then Bruce Arians is like, "Well, then you're you're out of here. You're like you're fired, basically." And that's what triggered him to take off his pads and leave the field. Um, I, I I can definitely see why Antonio Brown did that, but at the same time, I can see why people would still be mad at him. I I think that it's a really tough decision. That I mean, I don't know. The only thing for us. 
Okay, Flores, the only thing that I can see that he could have done differently, if he wanted to leave the game, then leave the game, but don't take off your pads no, and all that. No, he didn't, he didn't want, you know, the Bucks are cutting him. Okay, well, I'm going to take your jersey off. I don't want to represent you anymore. I don't want your logo on me. If you're telling me to get the fuck out, I'm going to do that. That is the one thing that people can talk about with him, but as far as everybody's criticism, their criticism has been he quit on his team. He did not quit on his team. It was the complete opposite. He was out there pushing himself to compete for his team, and his team is the one that turned their back. And by his team, I mean the head coach yeah. turned their back on him. So fuck them, except for Tom Brady. Any yeah, final- I mean, the funny thing about it is they, they, they still haven't even cut him yet, though. Exactly, exactly, so, and they said he was the fucking right after the game. They're yeah, not going to so cut him that, because yeah, they don't want somebody to pick him up, that's why. Exactly, exactly, and real talk, they don't want to cut him because with all this new information coming out, this will be a huge NFL PA grievance. Like, yeah. they've already, they, they already had to settle for like upwards of a billion dollars with the claim that black athletes can deal with more pain than white athletes, which obviously isn't the case. And then you just settle that. And now you have like a high profile controversial guy who to, to both your points, Antonio Brown, regardless of what we think about him as a person, his personality and what he's done off the field, he's definitely hands down universally acclaimed in the league as one of the hardest working players in the league as far as his conditioning and things like that. So I just, you know, there's a, there, there's two sides to the story. Obviously, you know, him acting out, you know, definitely prevented, you know, the, the truth from getting out sooner. But with the new details that come out, man, you know, the Bucks better tread carefully with this. That's all I'm going to say. I believe him. I, I, I believe Antonio Brown's side of the story. Um, Bruce Arians should not have acted like that. Um, but we'll see what happens. And Andres, that's a good point. They don't want anyone else to pick him up and use him because I think somebody definitely will. If the Raiders win on Sunday and Antonio gets cut, he come back. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. They already tried that. They already tried that. So um, that concludes the 131st episode. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next week.